Struck with Clark and Alyssa. Do the thing, 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 do the thing, do the thing, do the thing. Hmm. I don't even remember what the thing was that I was talking about. I don't know. I don't know, but we're going to do the thing. <laughs> the thing is the podcast, Alyssa. <sighs> so, Alyssa, you are a changed woman since last I talked to you. Say what now? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. How so? You have seen. Was I aware of this? Yeah. Uh huh. You have seen many, many dinosaur fossils. <gasps> so many dinosaurs. <laughs> and that, you know, that's so close to your heart. I feel like you can't really not be changed by that. I went to the American Museum of Natural History. It was so wonderful. I, uh, so I I'm, I'm also a big lover of space. And mm. so the first thing I did was go to the planetarium. Yes. I and love planetariums. I am not big on buying souvenirs but oh man i bought a t-shirt i was i was not even in the museum for like an hour and a half and i had a t-shirt um it's great it's a whole bunch of different um uh, um satellites nice really and like probes and stuff the names of that it's just the names it's very textual i like it a lot (laughs) and then uh and then i spent the whole rest of the day persuading myself not to buy a second souvenir on all the dinosaur floors why didn't you get a second second souvenir okay so i would have Mm -hmm. there was a t-shirt that i really loved it was t-rex it was a gray tank top and it said hangry under it and i was like (laughs) oh my gosh yes i need this (laughs) um there was another one that was there was similar text you text art of like all the different the big fossils that they have including the titanosaur and the pterosaur and a whole bunch of others and i was like i like it but it's really similar to the other ones so like i can persuade myself out of that one yeah i really wanted the hangry t-shirt but they didn't have it in my size (sighs) i was very disappointed but i wore my dinosaur dress and it made everybody happy there were so many people who worked there who would like double take (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, they knew that like you're real you're the real deal <laughs> it was great i actually new york very much liked that dinosaur dress because i got compliments on the street from people who were just sort of like surprised Seriously? and just like i really like your outfit and then they would just keep walking like yeah. not not the normal like sketchy dude cat calling yeah. compliments they were legitimate like random people who would just like say the thing and then keep going like no yeah. expectation of any and i, I was just like New York loves this dress. Oh, these are my people. It's really hard to find dress. something New Yorkers like love. <laughs> I mean, who knows if they were actually New Yorkers, but some of them seemed like they knew where they were going yeah. and like didn't seem like they could be bothered with other things, but they were just like, oh, nice. I like your outfit. Keep walking. <laughs> I complimented a guy's socks on the subway once and he gave me this look of like, yeah, I know. I've been told 20 times today that these socks are awesome. <laughs> were they dinosaur socks? <laughs> no, they were actually, uh, it it um, looked like kind of a cool like zigzag laser design. And they were like long dressy socks, but they had like neon lasers on them. But then when you kind of like realize what the pattern is, you realize that it's actually spelling out a really dirty word <laughs> <laughs> using like these lightning laser squiggles. But like you have to like look at it just for long enough to be like, wait a second. <laughs> so I noticed that New York loved it. has no shortage of fun sock stores. Yeah, there they are, like, love socks. Lots of places with fun socks. And I almost came away with like they had at, at the Museum of Natural History. Mm-hmm. Uh 
shark socks that looked like a shark was eating I your foot. I love those, yeah. And I almost yeah. got that too. I, yeah. I just, I also have a shark dress, people. It's a, my love is for lots of obscure creatures. I want to get the shark slippers where it just looks like the shark's eating your foot. Yeah. I like that too. That would work too. Yeah. Anyway, that's not what we're here. We're uh, here to talk about. So, uh, what happened in chapter f- 15? <laughs> We're happened in chapter 15. In chapter 15. <laughs> oh, golly. Wow. Okay. We're hitting the goofy stage. Yeah, we and are. And we're just starting. Um, in chapter 15, we see some regular class action before the students from Beaubaton arrive in a giant carriage and the students from Durmstrang arrive in a ship from the bottom of the lake. <laughs> and including those students, among those students is Victor Crumb. Dun, dun, dun. That's a pretty boss move, just showing up out of the center of the lake. It's, I mean, like the the giant carriage just seems like not a great idea, like not overwhelmingly aerodynamically sound, and kind of like lurchy and yeah, it didn't sound very smooth. No, like and and for what appears to be kind of a graceful school, like it does not seem like a graceful form of travel. Also seems really conspicuous like harry could have been expelled for a flying car and they're flying a carriage the size of a house i'm just assuming they have all kinds of enchantments on it but uh i don't know i don't know a good way to transport a giant it's true that's very true um and a giant and all of her students that she has to to monitor a little tricky and they're tiny so (laughs) All the little French <laughs> students are very tiny. Boy. Boy. Madame Maxime. And then the ship from the lake was like, like, where did they come from? Did they open a portal in the lake? Like, I think so. Did they, did they like travel in the water table? <laughs> like what? <laughs> if you can travel in the fire table, I guess you could travel in the water table. <laughs> it makes, uh, is makes there, sense to is me. Is there like a, a, lake equivalent of flu powder that like lakes are connected <laughs> and ships can travel through them it's it's when you get too much flu powder and it becomes flood powder <laughs> oh. oh man you use the old flu powder because then it's past tense so it's fluid which is just flood anyway uh yeah pretty boss move though you liked it i do i like that they like are wearing furs and they're coming out of this like ship and that <laughs> it's great uh it did seem like they were describing oh, what's the name of the the captain? Um starts with a K. Karkaroff. Karkaroff, yes. They were describing him as like this I thought he was gonna be like a cool pirate guy and he like had a weak chin and a pretty lame goatee, and I'm like, Oh, okay. Not really what I had in my head, but all right, that's fine. I wouldn't really call him the captain. Was he the captain? He was he was in charge of the ship. That he's, makes you a captain. He's the head of the school. It's it's like if Dumbledore were like driving a bunch of kids to Bobot, and I, I, I'm this is going to be terrible. Every single time I have to say Bobaton, it's going to want to come out as Bobottoms, <laughs> bell bottoms. Just uh, it's Baby Drivers now. Uh, did you watch Baby Driver? I did not. That's a good movie. I mean, it uh so epically fails the the Bechdel test but um still a good movie anyway uh so Harry 
does try to get a hold of Sirius. I yeah. feel like we should mention that. Yeah, so the- let's talk about the whole first part of the chapter. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. Um, yeah, so Harry panics because Sirius wrote him a letter saying, like, I'm coming to you. And and Harry's like, ah, no, lie. Tell, J- like, JK, never mind. Yep. Nothing, nothing's wrong. Everything's good. We're good. My, you don't my have scar to- doesn't hurt. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Which, even just the way they described it, it is so. Never mind. Everything's fine. We're all good. Don't. Yep. Uh... I wouldn't believe it for a second if I was serious. And I just love the payoff on it, where it's like literally the first line of Sirius's response, and the next chapter is like, "Nice try." <laughs> I am here. Anyway, but and that's... I, I do sort of love in that conversation after Harry wrote the letter to Sirius. He tells Ron mm-hmm. and Hermione about it, and Hermione is like it's a that's a lie like don't don't lie to him don't do that and she like keeps pushing him and at one point ron's just like drop it yeah. just like yep. it's like and i thought he was gonna say drop it someone's coming and i don't want them to hear what you're talking about but he's no. just like drop it well i i didn't get a like annoyed drop it i got more of a like warning like like harry's not He's not in he he doesn't need to lose this argument. They're not they fundamentally disagree on a thing and Ron's sitting there seeing it and Hermione's thinking, I can win. Yeah. And Harry's thinking, I shouldn't have to lose. Like this is my this is my deal. Yeah. And and so they they were going to be at an impasse. They are at an impasse. And Ron's in there there in the middle just like warning Hermione, like, you're treading in some not good waters here. Like, yeah. Just just drop it. It's nice. It was, Usually, it was a good friend refereeing, I thought. Which, like, it's hard for Ron. It's hard. It's hard for him not to get, like, opinionated and and uh, bossy. I wonder I if Ron like he sides with... I feel like he that line with, much better. I bet he sides with Harry. Uh, it's hard to say. I don't know. I mean, usually he sides with Harry in these things. Uh, especially when it comes to, like, leaving the adults out of it. I feel like mm-hmm. that's definitely his uh, his first, like... Let's let's get as few people into the mix as possible, um, because professors, and I mean, well, Sirius and the professors and stuff—they're just like, I don't know, they're weird, especially in like this book and these chapters. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the adults are getting very serious about things. They're such <laughs> bad teachers in this chapter, uh, all of them. Like Trelawney thinks that Harry and Ron did a great job on mm-hmm. their on their homework and they totally didn't. And she's like assigning them extra because she's so impressed with their pro S. And like we saw their, their uh, assignments. It's not good. So here's my question. Okay. Does like, is she trolling them? (laughs) Like, is she like, you guys did so well, do it again because she knows like, this is utter crap. You've clearly faked it. So if that's the way we're going to play do it again without actually saying it that way like she's calling their bluff a little bit Um, yeah like is she kind of punishing them for not doing well by making them do more and maybe in a roundabout way going to get them to actually do it right because you're doing it twice (laughs) if that's that's poor teaching if that's the case yeah i mean yeah i'm not arguing yeah, for yeah. this is a good tactic but uh, i i wonder like the the way that i read it like it's still pretty close to harry's understanding of it and he thinks that he's duped her 
And I sort of, I, I wonder how much did she actually buy into it? It's hard because Trelawney is one of the one of the teachers that we know very little about. We've read a lot of words about her, mm-hmm. but we know nothing from her actual like side of the story. So it's it's just a question of like, is she self-aware enough to do that? Like <laughs> to have like, you know, her background thoughts and her foreground thoughts be like that distinctly different and like to keep a secret like that. Because she doesn't seem like the type. Well, I mean, I <laughs> she think... seems if she if she thinks she knows something that the students don't, or if she thinks she's one step ahead of them, she's pretty quick to like brag about it. I think there's also a chance though that sh- she could be sarcastic here, and Harry and Ron just aren't picking up on it. That could be too. Yeah. Yeah, we're seeing a different side of teachers this time around. Uh, Are, is it different? I mean, sarcastic Trelawney is a little different, but Snape poisoning students potentially. He's lying. Uh, he's lying. He's just being silly. Good old know. Snape. Classic Snape. Always I, a sense of humor, Snape. I could see him doing it, but I, I think the thing that Harry doesn't realize is he would have his own antidote that would actually work. Yeah, for sure. Like... Snape wouldn't. I could ab- absolutely see him testing their their antidotes on them, but he's he's got a backup plan. Yeah. And then Hagrid threatens Malfoy in kind of an amateurish way. Sure you do what I'll tell you, or I'll turn sock. you into a ferret just like that Moody did. Yeah. It's just like. <sighs> Which isn't even a good insult because Draco could be like, "Yeah, with with your wand, yeah, you're gonna turn me into a ferret with your wand." That's just the touch lamp, being the touch lamp. But what touched it? <laughs> it's a ghost. Okay. That was I totally my thought as out. I was driving here of like, we picked a bad night to record. What if the power goes out? <laughs> yeah. If it does, we've been real distracted, so it'll probably be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't take as long to re-record all the, the real stuff. Uh... Um, and so the other thing that we see is... Uh, we we get a pretty good look at Moody's class mm-hmm. in which he tests the Imperious Curse on all the kids. Every and single kid. All of them. Yeah. Which I remember in um, the Defense Against the Dark Arts class last time around with the, uh, the Boggart. Not yeah. everybody got a shot at the Boggart. Yeah. And... Which was too bad. That was too bad. And so uh, there's a part of me that's like, educationally, that's really good. Everybody has an equal opportunity. They mm-hmm. should all experience the, the lesson and not just watch it. Um, but also, like, I sort of love Hermione's little, like, weak, isn't it illegal? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Moody's entirely unfazed. He's, yeah, like, he's no, like, no, I'm going to curse mean... all y'all. <laughs> And watch you do the things. And Harry almost beats it. He, he does it on Harry eventually. a bunch of times. He doesn't beat it. I thought I, it said that he did it four times until Harry beat it. Almost it... beat it. Until Harry. Oh, no, you're right. Okay, I stand corrected. Page 232 for those at home. I, I stand corrected. Yep. I was going to say, I thought Harry beat it all the way. Um, this is one of those uh, kind of Gary Sue moments of... Uh, Harry's just really good at this thing because it's important that he's really good at this thing. Not because he's earned it. 
I mean, I, I think that's a really harsh critique. I mean, some people have natural talents. Do you mm. think it's natural, though? Like, is there something else going on? Like, the other voice saying, like, but why? Why would yeah. I do that? Uh, is that Harry's voice? I don't know. It never said it was Harry's voice. It was just a voice. <laughs> like, it could be, for all I know, that's, like, something else that's inhabiting Harry that's uh, also very strong. Um, I don't know. I, I was curious about that. It didn't seem to shake Harry up that much. I feel like if it was, like, a completely different voice, usually that's the sort of thing that, like, Harry would, like, lose sleep over and, like, freak out about. But, like, he didn't really. He wasn't like, huh, I wonder what that was about. He just uh, kind of Well, Harry's not a, an it. overwhelmingly curious creature in but this book. But he is book. an overthinker. You yeah, it's true. Like, what and, was that? And he does tend to obsess about voices in his head. And yeah. that's one that, yeah, he doesn't touch. I wonder if that's a side effect of the Imperius Curse, though. I mean, yeah. he threw it off, but part of the Imperius Curse is an unquestioning Yeah, yeah, could state, be. And, and maybe that's also hard to shake off after the fact of, of re- like, it's it's something that you're just kind of have a hard time looking directly at. Yeah, and it takes a couple hours to, like, all the way wear off. So it, could, it totally just could be, like, And well, if he's celebrated yeah. for yeah. throwing it off, he might not look too closely at it. Yeah. And how exhausting is it? to be under the imperious curse and to try to throw it off a bunch of times like he might have been too drained i'm surprised that he just kept trying and trying and trying like okay that's really something uh it worked i guess but it seems like the teachers know about something um maybe well i mean it said like it, it seems more they were talking about like it seems more like not if you get imperious cursed, but like when you get imperious cursed, you need to like know what it feels like and know I mean, maybe how to resist it. I get what you're saying, but I think that's just Moody. Moody is a person who's who's out there and he's he's believing firmly in Murphy's law. He's yelling yeah, constant true. vigilance and assuming that everyone is out to get him. He has he has an eye that is just swiveling around in his head just to see to watch his back. Like, I should have made that the episode title. I regret that so much. Constant the, vigilance. The man is paranoid. <laughs> and um, you can call this one constant vigilance part 2. <laughs> Yeah, not quite the same. Uh, and it's, I mean, so I, I hear what you're saying about it seems like he knows something, but I don't think that's what Moody's getting at. Moody's l- looking at these kids thinking, the world is a sketchy place and all y'all are going to be imperious at some point in your life. Because yeah. okay, that makes sense. Like, the world is terrible and you're all just subject to it. Yep. And somebody, I could see somebody using like an imperious curse, like in a poker game, like fold, <laughs> fold now or something like, it's like a little Jedi mind trick that's uh, very illegal. So or like robbing a bank. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me, I've been watching The Office lately because of course I have, but there's one where Michael goes to an improv class and he keeps pulling out a gun in every improv scene. <laughs> and there's finally one where like they tell him not to and like, the situation isn't going how he expected, so he goes and he whispers something into the person's ear, and the person just puts his hands up. <laughs> like, what did you tell him? And he's like, he said he can't show me, but he's a gun. Anyway, um, I don't know how that came up. Robbing a bank. Robbing a bank. There we go. But, uh, yeah, the teachers so, seem just really, 
they they really ramp it up for these fourth levels. <laughs> I did kind of enjoy though. I mean, it was a lot of it was just like a paragraph here and a paragraph there about different classes. Mm-hmm. But I sort of liked the to a, a little glimpse into the day to day because usually we have like a hefty chunk of a class mm-hmm. or 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 homework. Like we don't we don't get a ton of opportunity to see different. Like just sort of what the mundane everyday looks like yeah. for these guys in class, and and I appreciated that. And we've seen a lot of that this book. I mean, we're we're halfway into the book at this point. We're and we've seen like mostly day to day. We're still stuff. not halfway. You keep saying we're halfway. We're getting we're so still close not to halfway. halfway. This is a big book. We're maybe a third now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm still enjoying it. <laughs> so changing gears a bit. Uh, Hermione is still on her social justice campaign. Mm-hmm. She's still a, a, a social justice warrior in the truest sense. She is rallying. She is tweeting. She has hashtag Elf Lives Matter. Um, I shouldn't oh, make light of that, would. but she would. She totally would. Yeah. I, I would say that's not making light of it. I'd say that's that's bringing the the house elf campaign on the level of yeah. of a real social justice campaign like it's an entire class slash race that really has been like disenfranchised Wildly marginalized and, yeah marginalized and just really really put in a position where it, it can't um help itself even if it it wants to like yeah. it, it needs as much outside support as possible uh, and and so she even turns on Hogwarts of history. Which she, is like, her Bible. Has a mini rant about like I have been led astray. <laughs> the first time I read that, I missed uh, the part where it said like Hermione said. So <laughs> it was still Fred talking in my head, and I was very confused for a second there because I had, like, Fred is not interested. Yeah. in in spew at all because <laughs> like Fred was talking about like he was pretty much trying to get like Ron out of his face and then like Ron asked a question and then Fred just went off about Hogwarts of history and I'm like what <laughs> what is happening yeah Fred and George they try to get Hermione to come over to their side of thinking by saying we've been to the kitchens yeah they're happy yeah well <laughs> it's it's like we've discussed before it's like yeah, the the slaves working in the house, they have it nice. They get to be in the house. They get to wear this fancy clothes. But the thing is, they can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> they they I, can't not do that. That's not an option. I see the argument. <laughs> but yeah, the thing is, just because you're in not the worst conditions yeah. doesn't mean you're not still in problematic conditions. Well, and just because you're making the best of a bad situation doesn't make it not a bad situation. Yeah, like... They might totally love working at Hogwarts. Yeah. Like, I, they might, like, given the opportunity, yes, I want to work at Hogwarts. Absolutely. It's yep. a cushy job. The kids are great. Like, wide variety of food we get to cook. Like, it's it's prestigious. Just, like, pay me the dough and let me have vacation. Exactly. <laughs> See, like, you know what's even better than all that? Like, pay. <laughs> and, like. Sick leave. Sick leave and, and <laughs> reasonable hours uh, maternity leave i had no idea that there were house elves doing every little thing making the beds cleaning rooms everything like i'm surprised that we haven't seen them everywhere like haven't well, been caught like well when when we met dobby like his ability to appear and disappear and that's all, like true. Uh, we we talked about it then he's a very powerful creature 
How many of those are there in Hogwarts? Apparently a lot. A lot. So uh, Hermione is very much on her on her uh, grind, and she's trying to turn everyone over, even Hagrid, which I think happens next chapter. That's next chapter, but it does not work. Spoiler yeah. alert. Nope, <laughs> nope. Uh, Hagrid doesn't quite have the the mind for that discussion. He's he's pretty much made up his mind. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was interesting. I think Hermione... Uh, makes a lot of good points and the more she educates us the reader about it the more i'm like oh wow they really do they're not just cooking the meals it's everything <laughs> like all the stuff that i honestly thought they just used magic for or just like the bedrooms were dirty and the people had to clean them themselves or something like that like <laughs> no nope but it also makes filch's role seem that much uh i don't get it like he he doesn't have magic or he doesn't use magic and they have all these magical creatures that they have practically like enslaved for this purpose and yet he's still like mopping the floors manually i'll never really understand that is his job some sort of strange courtesy like you are squidward oh boy and and we're we're just oh boy sorry you said oh boy okay yeah, I, th- I think you're, that's you don't have magic and you're from a magical family and you're largely unemployable because you're so angry and yeah. you're so unpleasant. I think. And it is his job, a pity job. Yeah, yeah, I think so, unfortunately. And, I mean, and maybe a hangover from a a previous time when, yes, the social understanding at Hogwarts is pretty arcane, but an even more arcane time when capital punishment and and corporal punishment and and just violence was much more allowed. Yeah. He is good at putting the fear of God into students, and I feel like that is a valuable skill. So that's yeah. good. I mean, yeah, if if you're he's he's like He's like the detention monitor. Yeah. Really. You kind of need that intimidating presence just kind of lurking around every corner. To just know that like, I don't really want to have a relationship with that dude. Because yeah. then that means that I have a lot of detention. Yeah. And I don't want to sneak into the halls because I guess they couldn't really empower a uh, house elf with that kind of authority. I mean. Like if a house elf catches you after hours, it's not going to like, like yell at you and give you detention because you could just be like, go away and it would do it. So. Anyway, do you think do you think that same magic would work if they weren't enslaved? I think it would tell on you for sure. I mean, if if it, house elf were to see you doing something terrible, but it, it would, can't be the disciplinarian. But it can't be exactly, exactly. But it would totally squeal on you for sure, because I feel like it would. It they're compelled to, to an extent. That's an interesting idea, house elves as as a complete replacement of Filch. Yeah, I think Filch has uh, made himself not indisposable, but he's he's proved to be valuable to the school. I think he sort so of created think, a little burrow for himself. Yeah, that's so I think perfectly what, Filch sized and shaped. Exactly. So whatever they're paying him, it's probably worth it, and it's probably not a ton. So, yep. Uh, boy, that's about all I have for this chapter. Um, except we did. 
we didn't really meet any of the students in this, except we saw that the seeker Crumb. was there. Crumb. Who reminds me so much. I'm sure I said this before, but uh, what's the name of the guy in... Um, in... In... Despicable Me? Gru? Gru. 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 He reminds me of young Gru. I can see that. With just like his like almost hunched appearance and his beak-like nose and his his strong eyebrows. I just have young Gru pictured in my head every time I they talk about him. I think probably a bit more lean than Gru. Gru has very skinny legs, but yeah. He's, he's got to be a little more aerodynamic to be that fast to be a seeker. That's true. That's true. But that's kind of the general idea that I have in my head. Not a particularly handsome person. Sim- similar beaky <laughs> nose. I could see that. Yeah. And With strong, some hair. Strong facial features. They always talk about his eyebrows. So he's here. Yay. I wonder if he's going to get picked for the championship. Oh, we learn the next chapter he does. <laughs> Who was surprised? Uh, not me. So before we get to that, Clark, what's your favorite quote? Oh, my favorite quote. Uh, I I did very much enjoy the quote that you chose, for the record. But uh, I, I knew also that liked... as I picked it. I'm sorry. That's okay. There were lots of good ones. This was a very long chapter, and I'm really surprised we got through it as fast as we did. Uh, the next one's also very long. <laughs> so I feel like I, I always say that. But my favorite quote was on page 245. I just, uh, okay, let the record state, I like this Madame Maxine gal. She's real funny. I like her a lot. I like that she has Hagrid's, like, she has the giant accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Hagrid a true giant or a half giant? He's a half giant. Okay, so she must be as well. Yeah, she's a similar height. I mean, I, I don't know what the what the variety of heights is of, of giants. Like, hmm. I mean, humans, you can have, like, grown women who are four foot nine yeah that's true and then grown men who are seven feet tall so i don't yeah that's that's a pretty significant difference i'm so guessing she's a half giant. she could be a half giant or she could be a very short full giant Mm, that's true that's intimidating uh or he could be a very tall half giant (laughs) i i don't know i'm just assuming they're the same thing because I'm racist like that. <laughs> uh, so here we have Madame Maxine saying, my steeds require a forceful handling, <laughs> said Madame Maxine, in like a surprisingly low voice, which I love that they said that. So I, she has like a low voice. I they think... are very strong. And then I assure you, Hagrid will be up to the job, said Dumbledore, smiling. Very well, said Madame Maxine, bowing slightly. Will you please inform this Hagrid that the horses drink only single malt whiskey? That's right. The horses drink single malt whiskey. And I really, really, really liked that fact. So that's my favorite quote. I apologize for the accent. They are very strong. They I think she's French. Strong. It's not the same accent. No. It's French. They are very strong. My steeds require a forceful handling. Uh, there's no There's no H. This in. is what people are here for. There's no H in French? No. Well, there is, but it's it, if it's at the front of a word, it's... Or really, I think anywhere. It's It's not pronounced... Huh. So like I, I had a French teacher in elementary school and her name was Trithal and she was Madame Trithal. Huh. Cause a nothing letter. How very French. Yeah. Uh, so I just really like the idea that the horses drink single malt whiskey and only single malt whiskey. They won't do a, a mixed whiskey. 
they won't do some Canadian stuff. It's like single malt scotch. That's it. Expensive horses. Very expensive horses. <laughs> do you know how much horses drink? That is unreal. And then giant horses, Ooh. 12 of them. Wow. Right? 12? Was oh, it yeah. a dozen or half a dozen? Ooh, I think it was, it was a, a dozen. It was a lot. Yeah. So Enough they're drinking. Enough to, to carry a house-sized carriage. So yeah. From France. We're talking like a cask of whiskey per horse. A day. A day. A meal. That is... <laughs> That is an insane amount of single malt whiskey. That seems unsustainable, <laughs> uh, but magic. So there you go. I wonder the if you can make everything. single malt faster if you have magic. I, you can probably do everything faster. What was your favorite quote for chapter 15? Mine's on page 233. Yay. And it's when uh, Professor McGonagall is scolding the kids because they're annoyed that they're preparing for their owls and McGonagall just has a a sick burn. It's great. (laughs) Sick burn McGonagall. (laughs) And uh, Dean Thomas says, we don't take owls till fifth year. And, and McGonagall shoots back. Maybe not Thomas, but believe me, you all need the preparation. You you need all the preparation you can get. Miss Granger remains the only person in this class who has managed to turn a hedgehog into a satisfactory pincushion. I might remind you that your pincushion, Thomas, still curls up in fright if anyone approaches it with a pin. Mm. Poor little guy. Poor little guy. It clearly is scared and yet you still poke it. That makes me very sad. The 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 strange animal cruelty in this <laughs> magical world. It's it's very <laughs> odd. Why are you turning so many small creatures into odd objects? Right? And and like doing it poorly so they just have to like it's at, like the fly, like kill me. At what they're they're all sewing related. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Lots button. of buttons. Yep. A matchbox, which not sewing related, but I mean you, you use it to like uh cauterize the ends of threads and stuff. There were snuff boxes, which like why are kids making those? The hello hey, drugs. That's we all made ashtrays and ceramics in elementary school, right? I totally didn't, but Oh, okay. No, uh, neither did I. Uh, (laughs) but that is the thing that people do i guess that's true that's a that's a good equivalent yeah ashtray to snuff box but still it is weird i just feel bad for the little thing but it is kind of cute the idea of a pincushion like responding (laughs) it's kind of cute it's it's kind of cute and of all the things to turn a hedgehog into i feel like a pincushion's a good one it is i love hedgehogs for the record i think they can give you salmonella did we already talk about this? <laughs> no, but I do know that the day I was very excited the day that there were dinosaur emojis. And I know that you were equally excited the day there was a hedgehog emoji. I was so. very excited. Uh, fun fact. The reason, part of the reason why I know so little about Harry Potter is the teacher. We had a teacher that read us like the second and third book out loud, but she had hedgehogs. And we could play with the hedgehogs. So I, I was way too focused playing with the hedgehogs to actually listen to the book. One track mind. Yep. So I had all of the second and third book read to me out loud, but I was playing with hedgehogs the entire time. I thought it was the first book. Maybe it would. I literally don't even know what book she read to us <laughs> because I was playing with hedgehogs the entire time. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was multiple books. 
but I don't know because it was uh, Mrs. Hernandez and she had two hedgehogs and I pretty much always got one of them because there wasn't like people weren't really fighting over them. They wanted to listen to Harry Potter. I why would I do that? I had a hedgehog. It was so cute. There, there are two kinds of people so in this cuddly. world, Clark. People who need to be fiddling with things mm-hmm. and people who don't. I went to a jazz show tonight and I just wanted to play with all the dogs sitting around me. So, yep, pretty yeah, much. Still the same kid. <laughs> <laughs> so on to chapter 16, The Goblet of Fire. Hey, that's the name of the book. Indeed it is. Whoa. Now you know what The Goblet of Fire is. I am slightly disappointed. Uh, <laughs> not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a cup. It's kind of a it's kind of a it's sorting a, hat. It's a cup with some fire in it. That's really something. Uh, maybe somebody will pull the the scepter of Slytherin out of it at some point. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. So what happened in chapter sixteen, the Goblet of Fire? Well, we learned that a flaming goblet will choose the champions. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Huh. A, a cup, huh? Okay. <laughs> and then Fred and George try and fail to fool the age line. And when the time comes for the goblet to choose the champions, it picks not three, but four, including Harry Potter. Bum, bum, bum. Did you see Somebody's it coming from one mile, two miles, or ten miles away, Clark? I was a little bit surprised. Not going to lie. Really? I was a little bit surprised. Because you bit. thought it was going to be one of the twins. I did or i thought it was going to be cho ah interesting even though i don't think she's the right age yeah i think she's too young but uh um, but we didn't know that for sure at but the we time. didn't know that for sure so i was i was really actually thinking it was going to be cho uh so that did surprise that would have been epic yeah lady champion we only have one out yeah, of four i don't see why she wouldn't she seems very qualified for it so uh that's what i was expecting and i wasn't expecting four so this one actually got me sorry I, that makes me so happy. Don't yeah. apologize at all. I'm so glad. Nope, I was because not ahead holy of that one. buckets, if there's anything in the zeitgeist, I feel like it's Harry Potter as one of the Triwizard Champions. But I'm like, but they've clearly established the whole age thing, and I'm like, there's like they have told us so many times, like, don't get your hopes up here. Like, I know this is usually all about Harry Potter, but we're gonna try something a little bit different this time. Uh, nope, nope. They, uh, I mean, they they kind of did. He's not the only Harry Potter. He's not the only Hogwarts champion. He is the only Harry Potter. <laughs> he is the only <laughs> Harry Potter and the only Harry Potter champion. I feel like that is very unfair to have two Hogwarts champions, just for the record. So, do you think it will hold? Um, what? Like, it, is there any way to get him out of it? No, no. It sounds like sounds like this cup is pretty stubborn. <laughs> Yeah, it's, so it says that it's a binding magical contract and, and Dumbledore tries to scare people off of like, don't put your name in unless you for real want to do it because... But apparently you can put other people's names in and that's not a problem. Yeah, so... Apparently they, it, what Fred and George should have done is just had anyone over 17 put their names in because apparently you can do that. Yeah, do you think that's what happened? I mean, is, is there any chance that... No. That we weren't with Harry and Harry put it in? Dude, or... I think Sirius put it in or Dumbledore put it in. Interesting. Yeah. I think like an adult figure put it in for sure. Interesting. I okay. don't know. I mean, maybe this is what Fred and George were conspiring to the entire time. 
maybe that's like who they were talking about is like, oh, we're just waiting for this person to come through. Well, I mean, like they kind of said like, oh, they were just trying to figure out the aging potion thing. And that's what they were talking about. But like, maybe they were talking to somebody else to get Harry's name in there. Maybe. We don't Why know. would they want to put Harry's name in? Just Gryffindor. I don't know. I don't but know. But like, they want to do it. Why would they want to? I don't know. I'm just trying to think the field of like... with other applicants. <laughs> what we know of the book, like those are the actual people we've seen conspiring to do something with the box. That's and true. We don't know what they were doing, so it's like I'm not going to rule that out. I don't think that's what happened. I think it was. I think it was Dumbledore or Sirius or somebody else. Probably Dumbledore because he's always up to something. Uh, Interesting. But he did seem very surprised. But again, who knows with that guy? Uh, He's got a good poker face. He does. So I don't know. It wasn't Harry. I don't think. So it was somebody. Um, Maybe a house elf or something. Who knows? Could have been Dobby just causing that many more problems. I like that theory. (laughs) Dobby totally would. He'd be like, Harry Potter's the best in the world. Why isn't he he in this? He needs to be our champion. (laughs) Just learned how to write. The kitchen agrees. (laughs) (laughs) They've been rallying behind him this whole time. He loves our treacle tart. (laughs) He is our champion. Treacle tart champion. That's hard to say. Uh, Yeah. So my guess is it's either Dumbledore or Dobby. Yep. I like those guesses. I like them a lot. <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. But I, it wasn't Harry, at least as far as I know. I, I mean. So, so, so we have four champions. Yep. The other champion is Cedric Diggory. Mm-hmm. And then we Who have. really got begged on this chapter. Oh, so. I mean, really. It really bothered me that everybody's reducing him to his looks. Yeah. He didn't choose that. Uh, well, and also. I mean, I, I kind of get it with Ron because mm. he's clearly like there's, he's nursing a little bit of a crush on Hermione. We haven't seen a ton of it, but yeah. I, I think it's I think it's there. It's yeah. And he's, he certainly would prefer her attention to be not on other people. And and so there's that. And he's sensitive to Hermione thinks that he's a decent dude and so he just wants to tear him down. Doesn't so he I, seem like a decent dude though? He does. I yeah. I totally think he does. Yeah. The way that he like I mean he seems okay at least. I mean <laughs> he he doesn't seem offensive. He doesn't seem problematic. He's a Hufflepuff, so he's probably a good type. Puff like nation. which I was so excited for you to see a Hufflepuff champion. Puff 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 puff, puff nation. That's right. Puff Puff Pass. Hashtag. Uh, it's it's good. This is our Puff Puff champion. He is going to do so well. I'm so excited. He's going to blow Harry out of the water. Not even close. I mean, okay, Amos. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we'll see. Um, and then there was also the Vila girl, which is what they call her, which is not... Um, we get her name, right? Fleur? Yeah, Fleur. Which flower, means uh, flower, flower, but not. Wait, doesn't that mean flower like baking flour though? Um, it's it's flour like flowers. Okay, gotcha. I, I think it's the same word. I think it's the same word in French it's, as it is in English. Yeah, because I've seen that word at bakeries a lot, um, but I've also seen it in uh, perfume. So, yeah, it could just be the same word then. It's I, I think weird. when you name your child. 
fleur. It's flowers. It's not baking flour. Oh. It's not all-purpose flour. <laughs> that girl ain't no all-purpose flour. I'm sorry. <laughs> she ain't no double O flour. <laughs> yeah. So she's she's uh, the dainty one who complains about it being too cold and and complain and like is all huffy when Dumbledore at the beginning of the chapter says like he hopes that everybody will enjoy their stay mm-hmm. and like brings out Hermione's territorial proud lioness of like <gasps> but if, if no. you didn't want to come here then don't come here and like Ugh, gets all huffy with her these french people huh they're snooty and very snooty hermione is not happy about it which may also be a side effect of whatever crush hermione might be nursing for ron oh okay <laughs> for ron oh for ron. oh could be could be some jealousy yeah we have equal equal parts jealousy in this chapter, I think. And I mean, Hermione's very much in her awkward stage, and it sounds like the Vila girl um, isn't. Is so. part Vila, so there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, a little hard to compete with that. Unfair advantage. Just a little bit. Uh, with her straight white teeth. That's, uh, so, they, they were very <laughs> insistent, like, she's not from the UK, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Hermione's parents are dentists. If it's a tooth, if it's a tooth competition, that's a, good point. that's a very good point. Actually, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Uh, she probably has the best teeth at Hogwarts. Probably. <laughs> she probably doesn't even drink coffee. It'd probably drive her nuts. Oh, so, they're they're tea drinkers over there. Man. Anyway, um, so there's that, and then. Uh, I don't, I don't know that I have much to say about that. Eggman and Crouch show up, which, uh, okay, <laughs> that's fine. They're, I don't know why everybody was surprised. They started the event. It's okay. They're a part of it. They're, They're judges, it. I think, right? Yeah. I was expecting Charlie to show up. I think we talked about that. I thought one of the brothers was going to be one of the judges. You, you sure... thought he was going to be one of the ones to pick. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to... Old, old cuppy here. Little old cuppy. Flame cup. Uh, Gobby. Gobby. Gobby the flame cup. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> have, we, have we peaked? Did yeah, we peak in the last chapter? Okay. Uh, that's so funny. Um, that's so funny. interesting stuff. I, I like that the half giant with her... Uh, kind of gruff speaking and everything has like the daintiest little crew with her and they're like little scarves and like <laughs> they're all like not charmed by Hogwarts at all meanwhile I feel like the other like Karkaroff or whatever I'm gonna I'm never gonna say that right yeah I think that's about right all his kids were like <laughs> pretty much trying to figure out they're like how do we st- how do we get these plates out of here <laughs> I bet I could sell this for like some decent money. How do I get all this stuff out of here? They seem a little more rough and tumble over yeah. there. They're like, look at this cup. This is the shiniest cup I've ever seen in my life. I bet I could fit it in my furs right now. <laughs> I, I I struggle a little bit with the sort of uh, caricatures that all of the students end up taking on. Yeah. They're, they're, and uh, but But then at the same time, I think about different very defined groups that i've been a part of and like there's a reason those stereotypes exist of like the band nerds and that like if you think about like the breakdowns of 
of high school groups or college majors or yeah or i don't know there's a reason a lot of those stereotypes exist all across the country yeah for some reason just certain types of people are drawn to certain groups and you, just and you just... behave certain ways when you're from certain areas mm, and mm-hmm. and it's just i mean and you, it, it's not because you're inclined to it's because that's what you grew up around and so like it makes sense that the people from the south of france aren't necessarily prepared for the highlands of scotland yeah yeah they're probably not and the schools are all hidden and so maybe they weren't told you know bring adequate clothing for the highlands of scotland yeah i mean you like underpacked for new york (laughs) i mean like i totally didn't whatever i mean you could have used some some more like sweatshirty type stuff, I guess, but I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, and and even if you think you're preparing, you might not actually because oh, it's gonna be cold. Cold mm-hmm. like cold like I know. It's like no, sixty degrees is not cold. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really not. It's not. Yeah. I am curious what Bobaton is like. Uh, if they're not like impressed by the fanciness of Hogwarts, I wonder, wonder what kind of fancy their school is. It's, it's just was different. Napoleon a wizard? <laughs> <laughs> Did he found Bobaton? <laughs> <laughs> if he was a wizard, he uh, he he should have succeeded. <laughs> really should have done better. Uh, that guy gets so much credit for so few years of actually doing anything. Uh, I yeah. Now I'm just imagining the French court like school it's very gilded very gilded very fancy lots of grapes uh so we also see a lot of like the teaching styles of uh, of these teachers uh i feel like madam whatever her name maxime maxime we're getting a lot of characters in here i feel like you know she seems to treat her students pretty well she seems to care about them she seems um a bit like uh a bit like hagrid (laughs) Maybe I'm being so racist here, <laughs> but it seems but, like. So, what do you think about Hagrid's little crush on her? Oh, it's so cute. Ah, oh, it is so cute. And I mean, she sounds like a catch. Since she has a rather handsome face with a olive-colored skin and like a prominent nose, she sounds Grecian. Smart lady, good job. Like, yeah, smart lady, she's good job. Accomplished like, and. Yeah. Little little bit of that foreign a- appreciation there, I'm sure. And like she she can like handle the horses and stuff yeah still very hardy very capable yeah, very hardy capable intelligent i mean that would be very intimidating for hagrid like and she's Plus like his heart oh <laughs> and he is so obvious about it and like he he can't focus on the kids and like he just can't it's too much it's too much for his little heart <laughs> to be fair though <laughs> I think obvious can be really, really charming. Oh, he's a puppy dog and like, he's like that about everything. He like, wears his heart on his sleeve. It's nice to just be like obviously pursued and to not wonder about it. And I bet Madame Maxime would appreciate that. I think subtlety is probably not in yeah. her bailiwick either. We'll see. I'm excited to see that play out. I, it, if it worked out and he got, he got just even some time with her, I don't care if they like 
ship or if anything. Their end game. <laughs> yeah, their end game. But like, if you know, if they can just have a good conversation, and she, you know, they can like Hager can be a little bit validated. A little uh, camp style romance. Yeah, that'd be really, really sweet. So we'll see. We'll see. I feel like it's kind of mean to put that in there and not have something like that. <laughs> I'd be kind of annoyed. I'm like, come on, come on. Give Throw her a win. Like she's, she's a cat. She's brilliant. She's very good at this. So anyway, um, There's I did that. like that. And I, I like that Hagrid wouldn't budge with Hermione. Um, I don't know if you like brought Hagrid into the realm of U.S. politics. I don't know if I'd agree with him. <laughs> I don't know if him and I actually would align uh, politically. But, and and uh, I'm not convinced that he would be someone who would have a conversation with you either. Yeah. Like, I, he knows Hermione very well. And I feel like he was willing to even hear her out because of that. I, yeah. I I don't think many other people even try to broach the topic and I don't think it would go well if they did. So yeah. Yeah. I he's he's his argument is that they're they're happy and they don't know anything else and it's it's just what they're made for. And it's a very surprising opinion for him to have, I think, considering how much he loves magical creatures and how much he he personifies them and treats them with such love. I, I, it's, it's troubling to me that, that he's not really able to, to understand that they could have a better setup than they do. Yeah. I mean, he wants Buckbeak to have freedom. I don't know what's going on with that light. Like, I feel like he cares more about Buckbeak's freedom and, like, right to a fair trial and stuff more than he cares about house elves, which is kind of weird. I mean, I guess I would understand that Buckbeak in captivity would look pretty demoralized and sad, and he can sort of understand that Buckbeak is not happy. And he looks at house elves, and if they're cheery, he can think, they're happy. That's true. Yeah, I guess. And the whole point is to have a happy... Yeah, I guess if Buckbeak so, was really happy, he'd be cool with that. If he's so. just keeping it super simple of the way that I'm understanding it, they're happy. We're good. And yeah. just not delving deeper and not bothering to ask the questions. It's, yeah. And it sounds like it's been that way for hundreds of years. So it's like, it's it's not like it's like this fresh thing. It's like, nope, this is how a majority of people think about it. And uh, you can't really fault Hagrid for that. Um not really. Not really. But as soon as it's it's just curious to me. It's curious yeah. that he's he's not more open to the notion. Yeah, it is weird. I agree. Uh, but we'll see. Hermione is very persistent, and I feel like uh, there's got to be a slight payoff there as well. We'll see. Uh, she really needs to change the acronym away from Spew, though. Spew is not a good look. Nobody She's likes stubborn spew. though, and someone pointed it out to her too, and so. <sighs> There are two ways that stubborn people respond to that. They quickly try to change it and pretend like it was never a thing, or right. they really lean into it. Double down. Yep. And it appears that she's doubled down. Doubled down, and she's got buttons. So <laughs> she's not changing it anytime soon. I love it. I do want to comment 
because this was almost my favorite quote multiple times over, but uh, Dumbledore <laughs> totally reading the twins like a book and reading everyone like a book because he's like, here's the age ring. People are going to try aging potions. And his punishment was so good. <laughs> so anyone who passed the age line that wasn't older than 17 grew a beard, a white Dumbledore beard. <laughs> I kind of wish that we could have seen a Uh, girl just because. Oh, yeah. I wanted to see a bearded lady just a little bit. Especially just a big, long Merlin beard. It's so funny. That's such an appropriate punishment because it's harmless. You know, they were fine by later in the day, and even they thought it was hilarious. So it's like, it was just, it was so perfect because it's like, ah, ah, ah. (laughs) Was Dumbledore. Did did he make that fail safe with the twins in mind? Like, oh, what was he sitting there thinking? Like, what can I do to the twins? He was there. He showed up awful quick. Because he's just like, yeah. uh, I I know who some of the top offenders are, and it's probably going to be some of these people. But like, definitely the twins. How can I get them back for I, like? I think he was especially happy that he managed to get both of them. <laughs> I mean, what an added plus that they managed to both go over the line at the same time. Like, that's so excellent. Uh, uh, it's great. <laughs> it's good. Uh, and then shortly after that, we see this really weird interaction between uh, Karkaroff and Harry and then Moody. Or is that later? That, in the chapter? that was before. That was, that was when before. they're they're leaving the the feast. Yeah. And. Karkaroff really cares that that's Harry Potter. He had the same reaction most people have, I it's, guess. Yeah, I think we're just not used to... S- we're, we're sort of expecting to not see it that much anymore because everyone at Hogwarts pretty much knows who Harry is. And, like, and he's, he's a headmaster. Like, he should be a bit less flappable. Yeah. I, I don't know about that, though, because Dumbledore is pretty unflappable, but Dumbledore has had a part in Harry's story from the night that Harry's story got interesting. That's true. Yeah. Not everybody is that privileged. And like Snape had a little speech special, especially ready for Harry. Trelawney had a special speech for Harry when she met him. A lot of adults who should be a little more mature have been unable to exhibit that. And so I'm not really that surprised. But Especially luckily, a man in that kind of power. Yeah. Who clearly yeah. can get a little starstruck based on how he treats Victor Crumb. Yeah. So clearly he cares about Quidditch too. <laughs> like, yeah. So maybe Harry Potter even has that added benefit of like, oh, this is Harry Potter, the seeker from like maybe. the seeker is like added on top of all the other Harry Potter stuff. Oh, and also he's good at seeking. Like this is our top competition. Is it is it the Quidditch that he cares about? Is it the fame that he cares about? Is it is there is Crumb maybe incredibly talented and we just haven't had an opportunity to see it yet? I'd say yes to all of those so, things. So <laughs> like I, I wonder if it's the Quidditch that Karkaroff cares about or if it's the fame that comes with it. And I think mostly just the lore of Harry Potter in general, but I think Quidditch is definitely a cherry on top. Oh, probably. Because his pride and joy is Crumb, who's a seeker, and Harry's also a seeker. So I think, like, he thinks about it, but it's probably not the first thing he thinks about. 
so then after that, Moody kind of scolds him because he like gives Harry a bit of a once over of like shock and awe. Mm-hmm. And then Moody's like, dude, move it along. Yes, yeah. it's Harry Potter. Whoop de yep. doo. Keep moving. <laughs> and Karkaroff gives him like this terrified look too. And is that like I've I've been caught like eyeing the 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 boy child over here or I just don't think he was expecting Mad Eye Moody to be there. Does he know Mad Eye Moody? Oh yeah. They have a history. They have a history. Oh, they definitely have a history. What kind of history? Not good. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't look good it's true doesn't seem good yeah no it seems like he was very surprised that mad eye moody was there especially like as a professor he's probably like wait a second i thought you were nuts uh nope they have some kind of history they've they've both been in the realm for way too long it's it's probably pretty complicated <laughs> i don't know they could have been fellow students somewhere for all i know Oh, probably. Moody uh, seems like the type who might have gone to drumstring. <laughs> yeah, he really does. <laughs> I mean, we haven't heard about his past with uh, Hogwarts that much. So who knows? Uh, there's just a lot of setup in this chapter. A whole lot of what will happen next. But it's not uh, terribly long, and I didn't feel impatient. <laughs> no, no, no. And I mean, now we were just left to wonder, like, okay, Harry was clearly written into this tournament and now like he can't really say no because the cup said so good old uh what was it guppy what did we cuppy? call it well cuppy got gobby gobby there we go gobby the flame cup um said so so like harry potter is uh well, we just decided what he's going to be doing for a few chapters. <laughs> like, is it a binding contract with the name on the paper or the hand that put it in? apparently the name on the paper because apparently anyone can just write you in so how do you think harry's gonna do (laughs) with magic (laughs) (laughs) i mean well said (laughs) i mean he can resist a, a really dangerous and important curse for some reason so i mean he can cast a patronus yeah, he he can magic. He can disarm people. And uh, he's very, very competitive. So even he's... though it's not life and death, he can escalate it in his mind to be life and death because he's very good at being dramatic. Um, he's up against a bunch of bas- essentially seniors in high school and he's a freshman, basically. Yeah, he hasn't learned that much magic. Um, boy, boy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as a reader of the Harry Potter series, I feel what? like Harry's going to win. <laughs> I mean, just a hunch. Our main character, who seems to magically be really good at everything out of nowhere, um, I feel like he's probably going to probably gonna have a real strong third act in this game. Uh, I, I feel like the cup wouldn't pick him if he didn't have something something going on uh yeah do you think it i mean it picked four why did it pick four uh, i don't know man guppy's a weird guppy's a weird flame cup i think uh i forget i should have read like how they described it a little bit more because it picks the champions but it doesn't say like 
it needs time to think about it and it picks them based off of just how well it thinks they'll do right like i forget the algorithm that goes into it um uh sorry my <laughs> cat keeps jumping on everything i need to she's telling me it's bedtime wrap it up we can wrap it up yeah um so i don't know i i think he has some very strong competitors uh especially like this floor de la cour de, de, la, de la cour de la cour which i doesn't translate into anything it's just a race car driver with who shares the same last name uh, I don't know. She seems capable. Uh, I don't think the cup would lie. Uh, she seems Crum. prissy. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't know. I tend to give her the benefit of the doubt because I don't think she really like intends that. I think that's just kind of how they all are, you know, <laughs> but. Delacour means of the court. Oh, you are better at translating stuff than I Flower of the court. Oh, So we have little court flower. Uh, and we have crumb dog, millionaire, um, and good old Cedric the Entertainer. This is going to be good. I think, uh, I don't know, it's going to be a fun match. Uh, if, if flying is involved, if there's a flying section. Uh, Fleur is going to be possibly out of luck against yeah. a professional seeker. All seekers. <laughs> all seekers yep all seekers except for uh floor watch is she a beater on her own quidditch team <laughs> <laughs> yeah they didn't mention what she did in quidditch so i mean she's pretty dainty so if she's also on quidditch she's probably a seeker i think she's gonna be a beast in this thing though did the goblet just like nerd out and be like oh my gosh we could have a seeker triwizard tournament <laughs> oh my gosh we should do it guys what if what if what if okay okay in a perfect me. world <laughs> battle of the seekers let's do it battle of the seekers and i guess court flower uh well if she's also a seeker then if she it, is a seeker that's then true. maybe it was just like let's do it let's, let's do go it. all let's in try this the cup is so nerding out and it's like i can't i if, can't even help myself i'm 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 giving harry potter one too <laughs> If, <laughs> I can't not have if, Harry Potter in this. If Cho had somehow gotten her name in the goblet too, we could have had five. That's true. Yeah. That would have been really something. Uh, it's so funny. I like this headcanon. I'm running with it. Yeah. It's really just stoked about this whole seeker thing and it just couldn't even help itself. So it popped out a fourth name. <laughs> Why did it do that? I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is a little bit um, Ender's Game-esque where... Yeah, these kids are in this Triwizard Tournament, but I feel like they are developing skills for something much more important that's coming very soon. And I feel like at a certain point, they're going to be like, haha, we're fighting, but wait a second, this much more dangerous thing is happening. We actually need to rally together and fight it together as seekers. You mean like school? Yeah, yeah, like school. <laughs> you're doing the thing and suddenly you, you use the thing that you're learning for the real thing. <laughs> Yep, I guess they're learning. <laughs> learning through fighting and being pitted against each other. So, yep, kind of. Yeah, <sighs> I guess. Uh, well, I mean, the Ender's Game, spoiler alert. Ender's Game, spoiler alert. The thing about that is they're actually doing the thing when they're doing it. That's not the same as like Ender's Game. They're like training and eventually have to use the thing that they've learned. Oh, no, but I think they're going to get like interrupted real quick. <laughs> 
Yeah, but that's that's still not an analog for Ender's Game. Ender's Game is we're having you do this thing when in reality the thing is really happening right now. That's true. It's it's a Okay, okay. They're Batman. they're uninformed as to what they're actually doing. Okay, bad comparison. Uh that's okay. So we'll see. A lot of setup, a lot of what's next, a lot of what will happen, a lot of who are these people actually uh, we don't have any answers this time, but uh, we can guess. Are they going to start right now with the tournament? Is like next chapter the tournament? What do you think? I mean, uh, I think yeah. this chapter ended with Harry Potter, the the goblet, and yeah. and Dumbledore reading Harry's name. So, and everybody was like going off to the like special side room where all the first years hang out before they yeah, get sorted. Yeah. So yeah, is it a like? Here are your orders. Hit the ground running, or hmm. I guess. I mean, that's are, the, are, the ceremony is happening. Like, let's do it. Are they, are they gonna make them compete on a feast stomach? Hmm. Like, that's uncomfortable. That is uncomfortable. <laughs> Luckily, Harry didn't stuff himself this time. True. Because they were all just kind of like, uh, yeah. Which is really lucky because he totally could have because he wasn't worried about anything. Because his name wasn't supposed to be in there. Yeah, that's a good point. He could have gorged himself. <laughs> Ooh, that'd make flying very difficult. Right. Um, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. I think uh, I I do think for the record that uh, Gobby the Flame Cup is more powerful than we're led to believe. I think it's one of those carpenters, you know, cup of the carpenter type deals of like. Much like the sorting hat, it uh, contains multitudes. We've given you one task, but that doesn't mean that's the only task that you can do. Yeah, exactly. So this is not the last we will see of Gobby, uh, which is... Will it have the Hufflepuff hammer in it? (laughs) Oh, I so hope that's a thing. I so hope that's a thing. The hammer of Hufflepuff. (laughs) So what what was your favorite quote from this... (laughs) chapter my favorite quote was on page 253 um i don't remember what it was oh so this is um when ron is ogling fleur Mm -hmm. and harry is ogling cho and hermione gets annoyed with them because she's trying to have a proper conversation with them and she tell she tells them when you've both put your eyes back in, you'll be able to see who's just arrived. And she's talking about about Bagman and Crouch, which yeah we we mentioned is not overwhelmingly interesting. But I just love the Hermione sass. <laughs> Once you put your eyes back in, <laughs> that is a good line. I like that. Uh, what's your favorite quote, Clark? Uh, my favorite quote was on page two fifty one. I also forgot what it was. <laughs> okay. So I like this one because this is such a Clark type joke. And I I feel like I say this all the time. And it's really funny to myself, but no one else. <laughs> Where <laughs> Hermione's talking about... Uh, a shellfish stew that Ron's pointing at, and she says, Boulobose, or something like that. It's Boulobase, or whatever. Boulobase, or something like that. I don't like know that. how to pronounce it. Yeah. Bless you, said Ron. <laughs> 
It's French, said Hermione. I just love the bless you. I say that all the time when I have no idea what word someone just said. Just, oh, bless you. It's such a lame joke, but it totally worked for me. So there we go. Boo- base. I, I really Boulia- have no, I- no idea. But a fish stew. Mm. Mm. Provençal. It's French. It's real French. <sighs> well, this has been fun. <laughs> I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm excited to the the stories of Guppy the Flame Cup, which I feel like should be a children's book spinoff of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Gobby the Flame Cup. That's, uh, you paint, I write. We can make this happen. <laughs> there you go. Let's do it. Well, <laughs> we'd love to hear what you guys think about these chapters. Uh, we would really, really like to hear it. So much that we're going to tell you exactly how to contact us. That's how much we care. You can email us at wordstruckpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at wordstruckpod. You can follow me at Alyssa Small or Clark at Clark Hodges. Hey. Or you could follow us on Instagram, which may be our most active social media right now because it's the thing that I'm enjoying the most. And it's at wordstruckpod. At wordstruckpod. Yeah. Yep. The, the only one that's podcast is <laughs> Gmail. Um, so you can reach out to us in any of those ways, or you can leave us an iTunes review and give us some little information mm-hmm. in there about mm-hmm. what you're enjoying and maybe let us know what the plot of your children's book of 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 <laughs> Gobby the Flame Cups origin story would yeah. be like. I would love to hear that. Also, uh, if it were to draw a fifth name. Who would you want it to draw? Ooh, Cho Chang. Mm. Cho, Cho Chang. Cho Chang. I love it. It's either that or Draco Malfoy to have uh, the full seeker match. Boo. And clearly Cho Chang would be the superior choice there. <laughs> well, thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. As always, have a wonderful day. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.